The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Interesting people, relatable stories, relevant, topical. This is 630 Chad Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Rob Breckenridge in for Jaylen Nye this afternoon, at least for the remainder of this hour. Uh, 780-496-0063 is the number. Uh, our next guest, in fact, he has the two most read stories at the Edmonton Journal website today, one of them concerning a couple of pretty special hockey players, uh, but the other concerns a very important issue, and it's the perception around the oil that comes from Alberta and the dirty oil reputation that Alberta is trying to ever overcome. Uh, and this is relevant in the Trans Mountain Pipeline debate. This is very relevant in our current feud with, with Quebec or the Bloc Québécois, but certainly relevant to the comments that Green Party leader, outgoing leader Elizabeth May made today. Uh, but is the real story of what's happening in Alberta getting told? Uh, and so David Staples today in the Edmonton Journal has a great piece on part of that story, I think, that a lot of people are missing or where things are going when it comes to making Alberta oil amongst the cleanest in the world. Joining us to talk more about it is the aforementioned David Staples, columnist with the Edmonton Journal, edmontonjournal.com. David, thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. I am glad to be here. From your perspective and the importance of looking at the story this way, why, why is it so crucial to ensure that you know the real story about Alberta oil is getting told? Well, we seem to be in the middle of not just concern over climate change, but I, I would say climate change hysteria and fossil fuel hysteria, where a large group of people um, are just so focused on one issue, fossil fuel emissions, fossil fuel use, um, and, and any industry which doesn't get in line with that. And this, this group has a huge amount of sway in the world today. I think it's a, kind of the primary social movement in Canada today was the biggest issue in the Canadian election was climate change, climate change slash hysteria. So you've got to get on side because it's starting to make a difference in the markets. Companies are starting to, investors are starting to become reluctant to invest in companies, in oil companies that are seen as, um, you know, carbon enemies of the world because mm-hmm. they produce too much carbon. So we've got to get on top of this and we've got to do a better job both in as an industry for Alberta to lower emissions and also to get out the story that that is actually already happening and it's been happening for a long time and we're not doing a bad job on it. But the good news is we're going to do a lot better job because of the nature of the oil sands business. Well, I think it's important for Alberta to to acknowledge that climate change represents a challenge, to acknowledge that that a lot of Canadians view it as a challenge. I think it's, you know, it's a loser for us if we say, no, you got to pick one. Either you care about the energy sector or you care about climate change. I I don't think that's a winning argument for us. Completely agree. I think that uh, this is a climate change is real. It's a valid concern. Um, All the science, most of the science agrees at least that, um, you know, there's a huge component of uh, human activity that's causing it. it. We've got to get on top of this. So we do have to lower our emissions and the oil sands companies are are getting after that in a big way. And we also have to to tell the world, the rest of the world, that story. You know, some of the, the successes that have gone on in the past. So since 2000, since 2000, the oil sands has has lowered its per barrel emissions, according to the Canadian government, by 28%. So clearly, uh, you know, they're not the dirty oil champions of the universe, you know, not caring about the environment that they're painted by some people. These, These people have made a concerted effort 
in the last um, uh, 18, 19 years, and they've had considerable success. But the, the good news is this. Oil sands takes a lot of upfront investment. Like I understand it's about $200 billion that have gone into this already to build these huge mining operations, extraction operations. Once that money is spent, though, what you essentially have is a factory, a manufacturing mining operation that manufactures oil. And it's unlike kind of other oil kinds of production because it's very stable. You're running a plant. You're not running, you're not, you know, going here, going there for exploration, doing this, doing that. You're running a plant. And if you run a plant for 50, 60 years, and your your focus is efficiency and lowering pollution, you've got a long time to get on top of that, and you've got the ability to do so as well. So because of the stability and the kind of the, the massiveness of the oil sands, which which initially was uh, you know a, a problem in terms of getting capital, uh, it it lends itself though to cutting emissions in the long run. Uh, we've already made this great progress, and it looks like be, uh, we're going to continue to make it in the future. Yeah, but uh, as you, you alluded to earlier, you know the, the more extremist position that that the existence of the oil sands at all is is an abomination, right? So there are some who, who don't care about you know the improvements. They don't care about a more efficient uh, oil sands. Nothing short of shutting it down is going to appease them. But I, I think there is a, a more moderate constituent. That, that I think is open to hearing this and understanding this. Do you, do you think that that's the case? Definitely think it's the case. I think, you know, I think Rachel Notley's government did a lot of good in selling the oil sands to the rest of Canada. I think that we saw approval for, um, you know, when we brought in, when she was talking about bringing in and brought in the carbon tax, um, when they started to work in a major way with uh, industry partners and, and making major announcements, uh, supporting the carbon tax, working on lowering emissions, we saw uh, support for the pipelines rise appreciably across Canada, including in BC. The majority of Canadians, I believe, in every single region of the country, except for Quebec, which is a whole separate issue, uh, <laughs> except for Quebec, starting to drive us all crazy. Everyone else in Canada, they're strong. Not just, you know, small, mar- you know, majority support, but landslide majority support for pipelines. And uh, I think that's happened because the, the story of Alberta getting on top of its emission, moving towards a cleaner, leaner um oil-producing capacity is getting out there. We're doing a better job. People are noticing it, and they're supporting the pipelines because of it. Yeah, you spoke with um, Mal Carroll at uh, Syncrude. You also spoke with uh, Steve Lott at, at Canadian Natural Resources. And, and they, they have a lot of interesting stories to tell about the, the advances they're making. What, what stood out to you? Uh, well, I didn't I didn't speak to Mr. Lott. He, he, he uh, spoke. I, I, I listened to his I, podcast that he did with the arc energy this summer and it was that he's probably the most eloquent spokesman for the oil industry and that podcast has stuck with me since then uh mal carroll you know he's an interesting guy he he runs the uh research department for syncrude they spend 60 million dollars a year focused on efficiency and lowering carbon emissions 60 million dollars a year for this one company that's their whole focus and uh, you know his his main effort has been on hydro transport which he's been working on they've had it going since 1999 and it's essentially instead of using conveyor belts and trucks to move the uh, bitumen heavy oil once it's mined and being processed you mix it with water and you um, put it through pipes and this was a huge um, factor in being able to reduce emissions at the Syncrude plant. So they're working on all kinds of new 
technologies, including having um, transport of oil uh, without water. Because when you use water, there's a tailings issue. I mean, there are other huge focuses reducing tailings. So um, some things might reduce tailings but increase emissions. So it's a constant balancing act for them. But, um, you know, just, just the scope, the scope, everything they're now doing at companies like Syncrude, every department, they're on top of this. They're thinking about how can we reduce emissions. And again, because of the the lengthy time frame of these businesses, you know, they're going to be running 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years into the future. They can just, they can make a hundred small changes and it, and each change is 1%. And then they finally get there. You know, these, um, Steve Lout of, lot of uh, CNRL, their goal is to have net zero um, oil production yeah. at their facilities. So, you know, that's their aspirational goal. And uh, if we can get there, you know, we will meet the promise of of, of actually having the cleanest and greenest um, oil industry in the entire world. We're already the best at heavy oil in terms of this, but we have some catching up to do with conventional oil. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I saw today the Premier retweeted your article, and, and I've had that before. It's kind of a weird feeling, but uh, I think maybe the, the Yeah, positive... we don't work for the Premier, yeah. We're independent journalists. Exactly, but... exactly. But, I mean, it, I, I think it's encouraging in the sense that maybe they recognize, you know, the importance of telling the story this way because, you know, the PR offensive, the war room, definitely they want to go on the offensive, but, uh, you know, the success is going to hinge on what message we decide to put out there, I think. You know, and I think the conservative movement, I think they were really lackadaisical for a long time, uh, both dealing with First Nations, Indigenous people on pipeline partnerships and on the environmental side of it. I think that they have been slow to the table on both files. But I see really, you know, there's obviously extremely hopeful signs in terms of the conservatives, politically, conservatives across Canada working with First Nations, Indigenous people on pipeline partnerships. And that's the most fundamentally important thing in in terms of getting pipelines built, because the First Nations are the resource rulers in Canada. But the second piece of it is, um, the second piece is indeed, you know, getting public consent for pipelines and big projects by having taking care of your pollution. And I think the industry is uh, very serious about this, and I think the Conservative government, um, if they were lax in the past, I see a lot less uh, laxity in their attitude now. They're, they're, they, they are preaching an environmental uh, record and pushing for it, and good for them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, EdmontonJournal.com, uh, the beast is up. Uh, folks can read it there. David, thanks so much for making some time for us here this afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, there you go, David Staples, columnist uh, for the Edmonton Journal, edmontonjournal.com. A busy guy today. So he's got this piece, Forget Out of Date Dirty Oil Smear. Alberta's moving to be uh, the cleanest oil industry in the world. Uh, that at the moment is the second most read uh, article on the Edmonton Journal's website. The most popular is also from David Staples, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, charge hard into Gretzky and Curry country. That's quite a show last night, wasn't it?